we need to think about um, 1992 as kind of marking, um, it's a, definitely a watershed moment, but it, it just is a marker in this long history of police abuses meted out against the black community. And so we can see it um, documented in hip-hop. So if we think about really early hip-hop recordings, um, even things like Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five with the message, um, they were really talking about how our communities continue to be um, brutalized by a state that's supposed to protect and serve, right? So um, the police is these kind of agents of the state and the hypocrisy of this idea that, you know, there's an American dream that we're supposed to live up to and if, um, and the police is supposed to be the protectors of that dream, but really what's happening with the relationship between African Americans and the police is it's always been one of brutalization of abuse. And um, we see that with early recordings. And as I was driving here, I, I, I played with this idea. Maybe I'll do it. I don't know. Um, the song, I don't know if you all know Dead Prez. You all know mm -hmm. that group, Dead Prez. There's a song that they have, Police State, right? And I won't rap it, but I'll say it, okay? <laughs> um, so the hook goes, um, the average black male lives a third of his life in a jail cell because this world is controlled by the white male. And the people don't never get justice. And the women don't never get respected. And the problems don't never get solved. And the jobs don't never pay enough. So the rent always be late. Can you relate? We live in, in a police state, right? And that really kind of articulates, I think, um, what we feel as African Americans. And of course, this recording was done, the Dead Press song came out in 07. So it's not, um, it's not in direct response to 92, but it's part of this kind of continuing history of the abuse that African Americans have felt at the hands of what they're calling a police state, right? And so in the kind of 1992 period, what we see is kind of this growing tension. And um, I was growing up in the 90s, I was a young adult in 92, and I remember what it felt like to be constantly abused and surveilled and brutalized by the police. I'm from Oakland, California, and I'm from East Oakland, and um, I remember being pulled over constantly. So if every time I went on a date, I'd be pulled over, and I remember one night, I was pulled over with the guy I was with, and we broke curfew, and I was home like an hour and a half late. And my dad was going, where were you? You know, going off on me. And I was like, I'm really sorry, but you know, we got pulled over and they made us, they went through the car and everything, they even searched me. And my dad was saying, what do you mean? He totally didn't get it, right? And I was like, well, you know, pretty much every time we go out, we get pulled over, but they usually won't search me. And this had become kind of this normal thing. I thought it was, the way people lived. I thought that it's, it's kind of like when you live in a sick society and you don't know anything else, you think that it's normal and that's kind of what was happening, I think, not just in my life but in the lives of many people and it came out through hip hop. And if you think about songs that have been dubbed gangster rap now, right? There's a political element to that. So, you know, the most famous when we think about, you know, fuck the police, sorry for cursing, but you can't say it another way, right? Um, when you think about what that was really about, it's really kind of documenting this history of abuse and kind of this tension, this ongoing tension, and this ongoing almost feeling of um, pain and trauma that we have in the black community as related to the police. 
And I think that you see it come out in hip hop, but you also see it come out in the ways in which communities kind of erupt. So if you think about Langston Hughes talking about what happens to a dream deferred and going to the end of the poem, or does it explode? 92 marks an explosion, right? And we can think about you know these kinds of things being interconnected, right? So the urban black community expressing themselves in a multiplicity of ways through art, because we need art to survive, right? Um, but also through organizing and activism and even through rebellion. And so um, I think that if we kind of um, think about these um, twin modes of response, right? So hip hop and art, as well as kind of community organizing in this um, almost um, visceral response of communities, right? I think that you also see parallel tracks. So in 1992, what you start to see happen um, with hip hop is this kind of corporate takeover of hip hop, right? And so hip hop kind of, they go, oh, NWA is dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. And they dub it gangster rap in the late, actually before 92, but they really kind of start pushing this idea that it's gangster rap and these people are only talking about negative things and there is no political element to it. And so you see corporations kind of start, corporate controlled hip hop start to control artistry and there um, many artists have talked about, you know, not being able to say what they want to say. Right? And so there's three main messages being pushed by corporate controlled hip hop. Um, really intra-group violence, so violence, black on black violence predominantly. Um, misogyny, so again that's violence, but then there's this gendered component. And then materialism, right? But it's, that's not the only form of hip hop that continues to exist, right? And so what happens to this political element is they're kind of pushed underground. And so you see right here in Los Angeles, um, groups like Jurassic Five and Kiwi and others kind of talking about, you know, their outrage and the, the conditions that we face, but they're not part of the hip hop that you hear on Power 106 where hip hop died, right? Um, <laughs> And so I think similarly, if we think about kind of this organizing track, right, you see, um, I don't want to say a corporate takeover, but a mainstreaming of organizing, right, where there's some who are kind of pulled into these kind of mainstream organizing efforts that really focus on, you know, inside participation and social service provision. But after 92, you also have, I think, a young group of folks who are starting to think about vision and starting to think about, you know, what does it mean that there's this hypocrisy here, right? And how do we kind of push back against it? And I think that that realization was very difficult because for folks in my generation, we were the first generation that didn't really kind of wasn't born on the heels of some major movement. So my generation was born just as the black power movement is kind of dying out. Right? And so we didn't know what to do to organize. Even though those folks are still around, we have to go and ask questions. We're not really a part of it. Right? The Black Power era had you know, inherited the civil rights era. And we can think about every generation before as inheriting some other movement. But when we think about organizers like Marquise Harris Dawson, who's in the back of the room, um, and other folks who are starting to come in and starting to say, how do we respond? How do we? Um, create, what, what did Anthony Thigpen say this morning, organize for power. How do we do that? We start to kind of step back 
and vision. And so I think that this is kind of also um, a bifurcation within the organizing community. So you have this kind of um, governmental social service group, but then you also have this more visionary group, and they do speak with one another. But, um, you know, there's, there's also kind of a tension and a separation there. Almost generational. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think it's generational to a degree, but I think that there were definitely young people on both sides of that. And then overshadowing, kind of, or uh, running through all of that is also the role of artistry and the role of hip hop. And you know, we can talk about how that played in um, as well to the organizing work that we've done. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you.